Hello and welcome to Phantom Fever, where our favorite game is Bastion's point-and-click adventure. <laughs> I'm David Chapman, and here with me is Andrew. Hey guys! And I'm dying. <laughs> He's dying. So, today on Phantom Fever, we are going to be talking... Uh, first, we're going to start with talking about Suicide Squad, just uh, our reactions to it. I finally saw it, so no more speculation on how I think I'm going to see it. Uh, you can watch our old pod. I think it was last podcast where I talked about having not seen it, but like what my thoughts going into it were going to be. Uh, now, and just a warning, just to put this up on the screen right now, this will be a spoiler cast for the first five minutes. When the spoiler is taken down, you'll be okay. Podcast people, we're sorry. You want to talk first, or do I want to talk first? Who, who, talk, who talks first? I talk okay. first. You talk first. All right, I'll talk. You talk. I'll talk. You talk. Okay. Okay. Right. So, I like the movie overall. It was not as bad as everybody was making it out to be. It was not... We're on it, the same page. It did not deserve the treatment that it was getting. We're on the same page. Um, I really liked that shot. Good, good. I liked Harley. Awesome. I liked the fire guy. Yeah. All right. El Diablo. Yeah. Um, and I adequately hated the leader. Uh, I cannot remember uh, her name. Amanda Waller. Yes. She, she was like, good at being bad. There we go. Like... I was about to say, hate is in the character, or hate is in the like the, no, the performance. performance was the performance was spot on. She was okay. what she needed to be, but again, I still find it funny that that could have been Oprah. <laughs> that could have been Oprah. It really, uh -huh. She really could have. Yeah, she was this close to getting cast. Okay, what didn't you like? Okay, Deadshot seemed like he was the only one that had a full storyline. Like he had a complete story arc. He started in a bad place. He moved through it. He got something out of it. He got to have his family back together again. And he was ended up better for it at the end. I, I personally disagree a little bit with Deadshot. I don't think that Deadshot really changed that much. He started out as a killer who cared about his daughter, and by the end, he was a killer who cared about his daughter. Uh, the but only he got to be with her. Yeah, the, but but he never didn't want to be with her. The only difference between the beginning and the end is that he got what he wanted, which I guess is sort of an arc, but he did it by doing the same stuff that he did, like, throughout the entire movie. Which isn't a bad thing, by the way. I love Deadshot. Deadshot was really awesome. So he had that whole, the hero shot moment. You know, that was yeah. just, yeah, that was just kind of... Yeah, that okay. was him on the car, like... <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll just put our everything down now and just, you know, watches everything. He takes on everything in the city. And just remind everyone why. Because one of the big gripes that people have with this movie is why did they send a bunch of crazy people to go fight this extra dimensional force? First of all, because Deadshot is awesome, and if you tell Je Deadshot he's not going to be able to do something, you were, you were wrong. Because Deadshot's cool. But also. Uh, now I might be wrong about this, because I've been wrong before, but I don't think that they were sent to defeat, uh, Enchantress. I don't think that's what their job was. Their no. job was to go into the city that had been war-torn. Get Waller. And get, and get Waller out. and get out. That's what, that, that's why Slipknot was there. That's why, I don't know why Boomerang was there. Definitely don't know why Harley was there. But Deadshot well, had a purpose if, there. If Boomerang was there and he had those, like, a uh, drone Boomerangs, yeah, okay. he'd be their intel. Okay, as opposed to a more reliable source of drone, like a drone. But, uh, or having a satellite image or something. Or having something that doesn't have to go in a set direction and then come right back to you. But uh, regardless, that's, that's just me being nitpicky. I, I very much enjoyed the movie. I think that it was good, but not great. But at the same time, I say it was good. It wasn't a bad movie. A lot of people are saying this movie was really ick. 
I don't agree. I do see where, uh, because they had to do reshoots, of course, mm-hmm. uh, because they wanted to make the movie more fun. And so it's pretty obvious where some reshoots happened because it like there are some minor inconsistencies going on. But overall, I, they're, like, there's nothing major enough that I can't forgive it. And I had a blast watching it. It was very, very fun watching all these bad guys going out. It, it, it sort of felt like the motley crew of Avengers. Like, it felt like that feeling of them going out and fighting crime for, like, inverted reasons than the Avengers. Now, the things that I really didn't like were this movie had too many characters than it knew what to do with. Katana had no business being in the movie whatsoever. Her introduction was sloppy because she was brought in, like, basically... She was an afterthought. Yeah, after everyone was brought... Because, Andrew, I don't think you, you haven't seen this, right? I have not seen the movie yet. I'm uh, the only one here who has not seen it. And I don't plan on seeing it. Which is why I'm spoiling this. Basically, everyone else gets their intro, gets their setup. This dude's Killer Croc. He's been found... He was found in sewers. This is Harley Quinn with the Joker. This is Deadshot. He's, like, a big, like, hitman. Everyone gets on the plane. Everyone's ready to go. The plane's about to take off. And, and then Katana just shows up. Like, oh, yeah, no, she's with me. And then she does nothing. She does nothing the entire movie. And except for threaten people. Except for threaten people a little bit, but at the same time, no business being in the movie. The other character I didn't like, and this is going to get so much hate mail, because it's already gotten me so much hate mail. I've, I've gotten in a fight with, like, two friends of mine over this. I really 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 don't like jared leto's joker at all i have two major major problems with him that like to me are inexcusable if you're going to make the character call himself the joker and act like the joker and the only like rebuttals that i've gotten to these two things are well it's a different joker now the two problems i have are one this joker does not seem intelligent enough he seems to have like a surplus of resources, but he's not doing anything particularly, like, smart with them. He doesn't seem like this kind of smart villain that can mentally take on Batman, the world's greatest detective. More importantly to the story, he doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy that can have that level of finesse and that level of experience and personality and intelligence that could turn Harley, make her want to change mm-hmm. and while he's basically tied up in prison and then telling her to do a breakout and then once the second that they get out that he's on top of the world yeah now which, which sort of reflects poorly on harley because originally the joker is such a cunning smart like terrifyingly intelligent individual that he's able to trick harley into thinking that oh maybe she can reform him maybe it's working but uh, in this, it just seems like Harley's stupid, which annoys me because this is a very, very good interpretation of Harley Quinn. I absolutely adored every single shot that Harley was in. Everything she did was cool. Uh, in addition to that, uh, the second problem I have with the Joker, and this is inexcusable because no matter what incarnation, every Joker has at least, like, at some level succeeded at this. The Joker wasn't funny. Yeah, that, that is true, and that is inexcusable. Um, like, I, 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 d- 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 uh, for a point, I, d- d- like I said, I got in a fight with two of my friends over this. Both times, what basically ended the conversation was, 
tell me one joke he made. Like, tell me one thing he did that was funny or interesting. Like, if you go to Heath Ledger, for example, he's on the far edge of of the Joker psychotic scale. Mm-hmm. And if you have uh, Nicholson, yeah, who at the other side, this no, this new Joker acts a lot like, well, like seems to sort of mirror Nicholson a little bit because he's more mob bossy than anarchy. Right. But the thing is, he's he's straight up in the middle, exactly like you said. He's not the insane, brilliant genius, you know, psychopath. He's not the utterly sociopathic, you know, maniacal sociopath. He's just a sociopath. Yeah. And at the end of the day, every single scene that he was in, because, like, they're trying to take a more realistic thing, which is completely understandable, every single scene he was in that had other people, I'm just thinking, why doesn't somebody just shoot him? Like, why don't they just kill him because there's nothing stopping them? With, uh, with... What's his name? Uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. That answer. That question was answered immediately. Why don't they kill him? Because they're never going to get the chance to. He's going to kill them first, or he's going to threaten to blow everyone away by trying to, or for trying to kill him. Like, he made his presence known. This new Joker doesn't have a real presence, except for the fact that he apparently has crazy teleportation powers. Because not once, but twice, he like ended up in a situation where he should not have gotten out of it alive, or at least unscathed, and just disappeared out of nowhere. The first being when, like, he drives into a river. He, it doesn't show him leave the car. He's just gone. Yeah, he's just disappeared. And the second time was when the uh, the plane that he hijacked crashed into the ground and exploded. There's like, okay, there's, there's zero chance you were alive without, like, some crazy superpower that you are not revealing to me. Uh, aside from plot relevance. Okay. Well, so yeah. we are removing the spoiler tag now. Ooh, ooh, spoilers be gone. Overall, okay. uh, Suicide Squad is worth seeing. It is not necessarily worth a second show in the theater. Um, but it, it definitely is not worth the issues that it's been brought on top of it. Yeah, it's much better than the reviews have been giving it. Now, giving Andrew some time to talk because... Yeah. Like, we've been going on about Suicide Squad, which he hasn't seen, so. I just, I don't know. I just don't have any interest. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. If you I, might, if you another don't. thing that came out this week and also got cease and assisted at the same time <laughs> was Pokemon Uranium. And they got, like, what, millions of people downloaded? Just... Yeah, uh, 1.5 million downloads. Wow. Yeah, but, uh... That mixtape is on fire. The crazy thing about this game... Is that, one, it's not like some of the other fake games out there, unofficial games, where, like, you get, like, half a game. This is a full-length Pokemon game with a story through the entire thing. Um, and the characters actually, like, the models of the characters actually look really good. Like, better than a lot of the characters that Nintendo has been pointing out. Uh, and I think it might have even just scared Nintendo a little bit because they're like, whoa, because... I mean, this game works on, I believe, the black and white engine. Although they have put into the game uh, features like Mega Evolution. Um, and also, there's this new uh, thing that they put in there where there are radioactive Pokemon. And you basically have to like change them back to their original forms. Kind of like Pokemon XD, Gal of Darkness. And uh, they did the same thing in Pokemon Coliseum, correct? Oh, yeah. Yes. I love Pokemon Coliseum. So, that was my first game. So it kind of works like that. Pokemon game. And the storyline is great. 
it it it, uh it actually has kind of a dramatic storyline going through it uh the your character actually has an arc in it uh if you want to i mean the game is already taken down so you can't uh as far as i know you can't download it right now but who knows may there's some way to get it but also if you want to see the game uh matt pat uh is doing a let's play for it uh yeah game theory Uh, there will be a link in the description below yeah, for uh, where you can uh, see his videos. Um, it it might not even actually be up there right now because it's a live stream. Mm. So you might not be able to see the first episode anymore, but it's really entertaining. Actually, I'm pretty sure that he keeps his live streams on GT Live, one of his secondary channels. Okay, well, we'll have a link to that. Yeah, Matt Pat, want to uh, sponsor us? <laughs> another thing that just dropped is we have the writers for the Pokemon movie. The writers <gasps> yeah. are... Wait, which Pokemon movie? Detective Live Pokemon. action. Detective Pokemon. Detective Pikachu. And if I remember right, they were saying that this is going to be the Guardians, Riders, and... Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls, thank you. Yes. Oh, wow. So we got Marvel writers on this film. It is Nicole Perlman and Alex Hirsch. Have you guys seen Star Trek? The new Star Trek movie? Yes, Star yes. Trek Beyond was quite it, good. It, yeah, it's been out a little while, but we might as well just talk about that for a little bit. What do you guys think about it? It was pretty... Okay. It started out sort of eh, going on for too long. A little bit slow. But as the movie continued, it just continuously got better and did uh-huh. not stop that like constant slope of, this is getting cool. I and mean... There is no reason, logically, that a starship uh, going through a wave of... Spoilers? Micro- oh, yeah, spoilers? Spoiler, 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 spoiler. No, spoiler, spoiler. just... Just avoid the spoilers for this one. Anyway, there is a scene near the end that should not work on any... Okay, I'll be honest. I don't care what the logistics was. For those of you who've seen the scene, you're you're with me on this one. I don't care what the logistics was. That was amazing. (laughs) That was a great movie. It was so fun. And the best thing is, no spoilers, but the end part... With, uh, because of course Leonard Nimoy died on my birthday. That's great. Uh, he, he, he died February. Uh, they had a very, very, very touching scene. Like, yeah. Commemorating him. And not only commemorating him, but Star Trek as a whole. And they did it in the best way that they could. It was absolutely beautiful. And,. I'll be honest, if they make a fourth one because of the third one, I'll go see it. Right, absolutely. Um, yeah. And they got to have a nice group shot there at the end. Um, and it was kind of the opposite of the way that they handled the death in the family uh, during uh, Furious 7, where that they kind of edited the entire movie to be a certain way and they played off of that feeling. But... They just let the movie continue on. Everybody got their scenes. They got to have a nice goodbye scene at the end. But it, it was good. It, it I really liked that also there's this through line throughout the entire movie of um, you have... Um, <sighs> Idris Elba. No, no. Um, Hugh Jackman? The character Leonardo, uh, Le- Leonard Spock. Neboy. Yes, yeah, Spock. I have no clue why that just mental block. Anyway, uh, Spock, I like that throughout the entire movie, he was thinking about how, like, huh, if older Spock can die, that means I can die. And there's that 
there's that through line where he's just like, huh, okay, uh, this kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. So he had a midlife crisis. Yes. Yeah. I, I really like that, like they, that that really had this huge effect on him as a character throughout right. the story. But my favorite line of the whole thing, so you gave your girlfriend radioactive jewelry. <laughs> that was not my intention. But so... Wait, no. Uh, uh, the one after that. So you gave your girlfriend a tracker. That was not my intention. <laughs> okay, so o- overall, very good movie. Yeah. Um, just throwing it out there, the day... Uh, Leonard Nemo... Nemo Leonard Nemo. Where's Leonard, my son? <laughs> Leonard Nimoy died on February... 27th. Uh, 2015. So... Really, re- um, really sad about that, but I- I'm really happy about how they handled that in the film. Okay, well, now we're going to get into our last thing. Uh, Super happy talk, Tom. Go! We're going to be giving our theories on Star Wars. Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. So. Gotta be Star Wars. <laughs> Love it so much. Okay. So, first we have Mace Windu. Now, just to clarify what's going on here, these are our what-ifs. I mean, this normally, this wouldn't have really been possible before they switched around the whole timeline thing, but we just kind of wanted to see there are a lot of hanging storylines. You know, a lot of things that aren't really explained that well just yet, so there's a lot of possibilities for 8 and 9. So we want to see, could these things actually happen, and is there enough justification to actually make it happen? Well, uh, first starting with Mace Windu, I think that there's a huge chance that he could show up in Star Wars Rebels. I think that there's basically zero chance. I would say... (laughs) I think there's a huge chance. chance. Basically zero. No, no, a huge chance that Mace Windu could show up in Star Wars Rebels. I think there's a 0% chance he could show up in the live-action movies. Now, you see, I think it's the exact opposite. Okay. Oh. Okay, just because his timeline is fixed, you know, if, you, if you're using Doctor Who terminology here. He has to not be around for a while. But he can easily show up again, you know, do the mall thing, and, you know, come back. Because he is a combat Jedi. You know, the same as Maul was. So, he could show up, he could have, you know, a robotic torso and kidneys or something. And just... New kidneys. <laughs> but... I don't like the color. <laughs> there isn't enough time between 7 and 8 for drastic changes to take effect. So whatever happens has to be already in the long game. So I, I think that he can come back. And Luke signed off on it, even though it doesn't make any difference. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, that's, that's what, music. What do you think? Do you think Mace Windu uh, has a higher chance of being in Rebels, or do you think he has a very high chance of showing up in the movies? I think that the more the hype happens, the more of a chance Mace Windu has. The more people want to see Mace Windu show up, the higher of a chance he is to show up. People wanted Darth Maul to show up for the longest time, mm-hmm. and Di- and Disney gave it to us because Disney's whole thing is if there's enough hype for it, it will happen, which. Not not bad. Not a bad thing. That being said, personally, do I want Mace Windu to be back? No. I think that his death, like, is the perfect thing that solidified Anakin as Darth Vader. Yeah. So, taking that away, even if, like, 
even if Anakin thought that 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 he was dead, taking that away is sort of it to me. Well, I think that one of the interesting things about that entire time when uh, in Darth Vader's reign is that it was supposed to be the Jedi are gone. The Jedi, and it, if you just keep bringing back, oh, this Jedi was alive. Oh, this Jedi was alive. I mean, it's okay that there are a few, but if you just keep bringing back a whole bunch of Jedi, I think it, it really cheapens just how horrible it was what Anakin did when he changed to Vader. You know what I want? What? In Star Wars Rebels. Now, this is sort of breaking away from his Mace Windu alive. Star Wars Rebels, an episode that doesn't focus on, uh, on, Ezra. Ezra. I want one that focuses on Darth Vader stamping out any remaining Jedi. Because there, there, there was a story a long time ago uh, of Darth Vader hunting for Obi-Wan and like his maniacal search for Obi-Wan led him to a trap. Like he, he was walked into a room and like a bunch of Jedi, like two dozen Jedi, turned on their lightsabers and tried to and just jumped him. And he went through them like, where is Obi-Wan? Completely not understanding it was a trap until, until, like, they were all dead. But an episode that focuses more on Darth Vader and, like, him making sure that there aren't any Jedi left. Because one thing that always bothered me is Order 66, like, obviously it didn't kill all the Jedi, but I feel like it wouldn't have killed, like, 99% of the Jedi which is what Darth Vader's job was supposed to be between episodes three and four, find the remaining Jedi and kill them. I mean, that would be really cool, but I feel like there's no way they could get away with that on Disney XD. That is true. in that case, do you think that Ezra and the others could end up in episode nine? Make Mm. that jump? Not a single chance. Zero. Okay, why? Zero. He is not popular enough of a character. I'm I'm throwing that out there. He is not popular enough to show up in a movie. Well, so okay, but back to uh, Windu though. Okay, yeah. Uh, talking about somebody that is a fan favorite. Do you think that somebody like him or Lando, for example, could be Finn's father? Okay, we are, we're grasping at straws here. Two black dudes in the entire galaxy, and we're thinking that he's, that they're the fathers of the third black dude in the entire galaxy. Got it. J- just throwing that out there, now that that's out there, let's talk about it. Yes, probably Lendo's. Definitely not Mace Windu's. Given the fact that Mace Windu's whole thing was, ch- what's it called? Uh, uh, chastity. No, no, no marriage. Jedi, no. No marriage at all. But you I can't, doubt you can't have one with that without the other, especially in that universe. The, the, what? What? You can't have a you can't have a lightsaber without break a few legs. Oh, there's a couple of things I don't like about that. One, I mean the whole idea that oh, all the black people in uh, in the Star Wars universe are, uh, are all came. <laughs> well, it's better than but, the '70s. There was one black guy in the whole universe. But yeah, we we've, we've steadily increased from one yeah. to three. There was one woman. <laughs> but the the problem though also is i don't like when star wars does anything to make the universe smaller i think that uh i i like it more when like characters aren't always connected because then you can expand the universe and make the universe feel bigger and more expansive not just just 
that's why I don't like the idea of Ray being Luke's daughter because I feel like it just cheapens the universe. I Objection. Feel like... Okay, go ahead. I think that uh, actually connecting people is exactly what episode or what uh, the, this new trilogy needs because right now there is an extreme disconnect between episode seven and episode six. This is something that bothered me a lot when I went in to see episode seven. Aside from some toking characters, episode seven didn't feel like it was in the same universe whatsoever. It was really cool that they were doing a lot of new things and showing us new stuff, but aside from Han and Leia and Chewie and the Millennium Falcon, there wasn't anything, like, that made me think, this is still Star Wars. Uh, and having the connection, whether it's Finn and Lando or Rey and Luke, having a connection that really makes them think, like, that really puts them together... It, it would make it feel more like a real breathing world. And honestly, I, I'd, I'd be willing to drop any connection between the characters if they just go back to Tatooine. I want Tatooine again. Can I throw out the weirdest fan theory that I've heard? Go ahead. Bring it. Uh, there's a fan theory going around that Anakin is a reincarnated... Uh, or sorry, that Rey is a reincarnated... reincarnated Anakin. An yeah, I heard that one. What? And the thing is, I don't actually think that's doable, if anything. Well, actually, no, forget that. I, I honestly don't think that that's usable, that that's feasible. I think that her archetype, yeah, she could be Anakin again. She could be Luke again, because that is her role in Episode Seven. So, yes in character, no in identity. And, uh, why, well, let, let's look at a couple while we're on Ray. Let's look at a couple more, uh, theories about Ray. Um, there's one that I really like. Okay, go for um, it. Bring it. All right. So there is a storyline that was done with, um, the Shattered Empire Marvel comic series. This is canon. Okay. Um, so Luke and Shara Bay, who is a crack pilot, uh, this is, I think, I forget the timeline for this. It was uh, like a, either up after episode four or after episode six. Oh, uh, most of the comics happened after episode... I, I sort of want to say it's either after episode four or episode five. Most of the comics haven't taken place after episode six. Like okay. most of the comics, quote-unquote. Uh, okay. Actually, here's an easy question. What color lightsaber does Luke have? When? Oh, actually... I don't remember. In okay. in the comic. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just pass that. Just It okay. happened sometime. Okay. Um, they are on a mission to find the last members of a species of force-sensitive trees that were in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Evolutions. They were present in Clone Wars. They were present in KOTOR at the Dantooine Jedi Enclave. Um, and then force-sensitive children were brought to this location for training. Um, you know, They were very similar in style between KOTOR and Clone Wars. And they found two on this mission. Uh, Luke took one, and Shar Bay took the other, and plants it outside her family's house on Yavin 4. With Kes Dameron, her husband, who are the parents of Poe Dameron. You gasp. Mm -hmm. uh, now, the idea is that this, you know, that being exposed to that tree could account for his piloting skills. You know, the Anakin. You know, he, he was a very, very good pilot, you know, when Obi-Wan found him. But he could, they could also be the parents of Rey. Hmm. Hmm. 
one of the biggest things I think people think is that Ray actually isn't connected to anybody. That Ray is actually just like um, Ray is just another Jedi, a yeah. Force sensitive person who uh, who is isn't tied to any other character. Uh, one of the first characters to um, not not be connected to the Anakin line, but. Here's another thing, though. Don't you think that just having um, the villain be connected to Anakin isn't enough? Don't you think that, like, what makes the Star Wars episode Star Wars is having the main character tied to the Skywalker lineage in some way? Yeah, if they didn't do it about Anakin at the beginning, I could see that. You know, you've got Anakin's trilogy, you've got Luke's trilogy, and you've got Rey's trilogy. But the Skywalkers are the tying string of this whole thing does she have to be a skywalker no not necessarily but it makes sense yeah that's all i'm saying um let's see um is there any other characters that uh that she could be tied to maz kanata which actually has a very interesting theory with her oh come on really (laughs) she has been around the entire time oh since episode one so, um, they had it for this, and i got to get my notes for this, because this is too much. Um, she's been masquerading as a Jawa. Ooh, teeny! <clears throat> and, um, these notes were from KMAC Time, the YouTube channel. Hi. Um. Sponsor us. And MoviePilot.com did this theory. Sponsor us. So, um, alright, uh, Andrew, throw up a picture on this. So, uh, Jawas are between 1 and 1.3 meters tall. Maz is 1.2 meters tall. She's, <gasps> al- she's always wearing goggles. She's obsessed with eyes. She's force sensitive. She's a smuggler and has lived over a thousand years. She knows details about the Skywalkers that few know. Um, but that's not really a big thing because uh, during Bloodlines, the novel, uh, Leia's parentage came out. <gasps> that she was Vader's daughter. You gasp. And that didn't end well for her with the Senate. The plot thickens. Um... So, a pair of Jawas are visible in the pod race in Episode 1. The banners of which are in front of Maz's palace, including Anakin's. A Jawa gives Anakin directions to the Sand People's Village, which is his major step to the dark side. Jawas recover R2 and 3PO. Uh, The Jawas are master mechanics. Uh, Why would a droid that is for sale fall apart on the lot? I have an answer to that in the exp- like in the old non-canon now expanded universe. Okay, go ahead. It it's one of the worst pieces of expanded universe to exist, and one of the few things that I'm happy that was a force sensitive droid that destroyed himself, so that like because he because he had preemptive knowledge because of the force that Luke had to be with R two, so he broke himself or something. I'm not joking. This was an idea that 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 existed at one point in time. No, <laughs> no. Right, so the other piece of that is why would they not have erased the droids' memories themselves? You know, Maz could have seen the plans on R two, knew what they were, and made sure they were kept alive. Made sure they were kept safe. Um, Luke, Owen, and the rest are all very familiar with the Jawas. You know, so they're around a lot. Um, the Jawas are killed by stormtroopers looking for the droids, but. There's a nice picture here. I'll try and bring this up. Um, and of course this changes. Uh, we knew it. I believe in you. Be the man we're meant to be. At least you're pulling up a picture so we can just use yeah. this and just right. cut this out. So, 
in the scene where R2 is being brought back, there are eight Jawas. Only seven bodies are visible. <gasps> after the conspiracy. After they're all assassinated by the stormtroopers. So Maz easily could have escaped. So that's what um, Jawas look like underneath their cloaks. One Jawa is present in Jabba's palace. Uh, but not present on the sail barge. So, the idea is, what if after Jabba's death, Maz reveals herself and filled the power vacuum left by Jabba after he was killed? That makes... This makes too much sense and I don't like it. <laughs> this makes way too much sense. Ah. Uh. Well, it'd be cool to give, like, Maz Kanata an actual backstory. May not even do this in the movies, but, like, I mean, you could give her an entire comic just of, like, her entire lifespan. Mm-hmm. Any of us read the comics? I've seen some stuff. Um, and there is a podcast, um, the New Star Wars Book Club, I think it is? New Star Wars Book Club. The podcast. Sponsor us. Um, they have been going through reviews of the new Star Wars novels, the Incanon stuff, the comics. And there is a Chewy one. There is a Lando one, which is supposed to be outstanding. Um, it's just, they're, they're really fleshing out some of the characters and giving a lot more backstory to the current events. You know, right before episode seven, trying to link everything together between six and seven. It's just, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, speaking about the comics, just going off of this, uh, another big theory that's going on for the Han Solo standalone movie. Movies. Movies. Trilogy. The Han Solo's... Okay. The Han Solo trilogy. So, anyway... <laughs> so, there was a comic where Han Solo had a wife, but she wasn't actually his wife. It was a... Uh, they were going on a heist or something, and uh, so they, they kind of, like, faked a marriage. Uh, and it sounds like this character could show up in the standalone Han Solo movie. I believe that. And especially because during that same comic, I know the one you're talking about, this was right when he and Leia were starting to get together, and then all of a sudden the ex-girlfriend shows up, and Leia's like, no, I don't care, no, go on about your business, go on, do whatever you want. <laughs> but that would be really good. But Leia's current story, though, that is going to be interesting, because what if she becomes the new Emperor? What? So, with Bloodlines, with the events of Episode 7, the Senate is gone again. You know, she was already on the outs with them after what they did to her, after finding out that she was Vader's daughter. Um, She started the Resistance with the old core of the Rebellion. She was not having a good time of things. Bark! Bark! This is a dog. Continue. She was not having a good time of things. So, what if, not necessarily in, you know, Sith power, dark side stuff, what if she literally just becomes... Bark. Continue. <laughs> what if she literally just becomes the new political power of the galaxy? Like, I doubt that... Hmm. I doubt that she'd make herself emperor. Mostly because I feel like that's now a no-no word in the galaxy. But we're also seeing, too, that the whole galaxy is falling apart. That's true. So... The Huts are gone, pretty much. Their power vacuum is gone. The Mandalorians are coming back up in arms again. No. 
Nope, nope, that's not good. No, I I'm, didn't I'm sorry, not not in the current, in the uh, in the Rebels. Okay. Coming back. Okay. Um, yeah, but, Mandalorian's coming up, coming back. Never a good thing. Never. So, just the point of it is that the galaxy needs a leader again, a, a good one, mm-hmm. and she fits the bill. Why? Did, I doubt she'd call herself the Emperor, but I feel like she'd. Okay, so the I Supreme c- Chancellor. <laughs> okay. Because that's not just a stand-in for Emperor or Palpatine. Uh, either way, I feel like she'd, yeah, be rallying people, but at the same time, not make herself the kingpin of, like, this political thing that she'd be making. Okay, well, does anyone have any last theories that... There's the big one, always, that you never like. Which big one? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so <laughs> you're gonna groan as soon as you hear this. I'm ready. All right, Darth Jar Jar. Uh... Okay. No. This this no. could be a whole. This could be a whole no. video. No. Stop. No, okay. no Jar Jar. No Darth Jar Jar. All right, but it's not the way you think it is. Oh. Okay. <laughs> That's not what you think. All right. That's not just, what it looks like. <laughs> what if Jar Jar was Darth Plagueis the whole time? Oh, I've heard this. All right. Um, a video of this theory is available on the Dash Star YouTube channel. Sponsor us. Okay. Um, so just go over Jar Jar's specifics. He's got extreme agility. No other member of species has shown us having this ability. Uh, would come in very handy during the droid battle in Episode One. He has a very unique fighting style. Jedi. Are modeled on Shaolin monks. Jar Jar uses drunken fist wushu. Uh, basically, he's designed to look like he's doing all kinds of really weird stuff, but it has great effect. Uh, he's able to shoot droids repeatedly with a damaged droid that's stuck to his ankle. <laughs> he uses force persuade. Um, he on uses, what? On everybody. He uses broad <laughs> on everybody. He uses broad hand gestures at key moments to give himself promotions. Janitor, uh, senator. Emergency powers nomination, you know, all that stuff. He actually did the, I give emergency powers to the Supreme Chancellor. You know, the double thing. It could very well just be, you know, very big gestures, but it could also mean something very different. Now, Darth Jar Jar was written away after the backlash, you know, because nobody liked Jar Jar. Nobody likes Jar Jar. Or was it? (laughs) It wasn't. Okay. This, This theory... Has been it's, flushed it's, on the toilet. It, but it's not over yet. It's... Okay, so the idea is that Jar Jar was Plagueis for a time. What? What? So what? Revan mm. had the mind rip ability. Good. You know, they're able to take knowledge forcibly out of somebody else's head and learn it themselves. So what if Plagueis was able to do this in the other direction? They were able to implant information into a host, transferring either his consciousness or his clone, you know, a clone of himself to someone else. It wasn't just Revan that had it; it was Ren that had it. Kylo Ren. Yeah. The... Okay. Yeah. Regardless, just it was a major mechanic for Revan. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Oh, right. All right. So the theory that Snoke, oh, the theory that Snoke is Plagueis, which means that they'd be partially Jar Jar. So, Partially Jar Jar. Kathleen Kennedy, which is the, one of the high ups for uh, Lucasfilm, so the Jar Jar will not be in Episode Eight. Andy Serkis has said that Snoke is not an alternate name for Jar Jar. 
These are things that had to be, like, definitively said. Yeah. These are things that, among the fandom, we needed to know. So, the final theory is, what if Kylo Ren's final training is impl- implantation? Oh, this hurts. <laughs> Just let it end. Jar Jar's not coming back. Jar Jar's not coming back, He's everybody. Done. It's done. It's over. He's done with. It's not It's not happening. It's done. Yes. It's over. No. No. No, not yes. No. 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 Ba- yes. No. Andrew. This would be a perfect time to call it quits. Just know, everybody. Jar Jar Misa is not, never coming back. Misa not a hero. Misa never asked for this. Okay. Yeah, that bombshell. So, um, I guess this brings us to the end of the episode while David's having a breakdown. Again. Uh, <laughs> so, we will see you guys next time. And have a nice day. Spot, spot. See you guys. <laughs>